Three, two, one, go. Hey, it's Bibster and the Ginger podcast. Uh, Ginger is out. Let's say he's out getting lunch today. I don't know what he's doing. Um, we're doing another interview series, and we are fortunate to have Blake Weiland from the Tone Mob joining us today. Blake, uh, kind of introduce yourself, kind of give everybody the who, what, when, where, why, who you are. Okay. Yeah. I. This is always a weird question because, mm-hmm. like, I'm just I'm just some dude. Okay. You know. Um, but <laughs> it. Uh, I guess most people know me from the podcast. So I do a podcast called Tone Mob, and I talk to people about guitar stuff. Um, I talk a lot of, to a lot of company owners about how they you know came to be in business and what they do. And you know, lately I've been trying to incorporate more artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of nerding out on gear stuff and yeah that's yeah. where most people know me from and yeah that's what i do yeah that's you were part of uh i have had a few other podcasters on like that were guitar related and it was i think i can't remember if chasing tone came before um the like like your podcast i think chasing tone came first and then i think it was your podcast and then it was like your podcast led to sixty cycle home, which led to like then it was just the train wreck of I have to listen to fifty podcasts a week now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Chasing Tone is is one that that um, that I that started me off too. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was going for quite a while before I started mine. And basically, at the time, and I could get this all screwed up. I've I've said this timeline before, but at the time there was. There was 60 Cycle Home, mm-hmm. had been going for quite a while. Yeah. They've been going for a lot longer than I have. Mm-hmm. Then, and, and Chasing Tone, obviously. I think 60 Cycle might have even been a little before Chasing Tone, mm-hmm. as, as far as like when they actually came out. And then there was the GAK slash Guitar Nerds podcast, mm-hmm. and that was basically it. There were some others that were, that were in the past that were no longer going, but that was the only three like current going podcast as far as i was aware of at the time Mm -hmm. and i thought why is there not an interview based one yeah so that's what it did and it worked somehow i don't know it was uh it was kind of crazy i I was surprised you know i started on instagram a lot of people know that um with the the tone mob instagram was just a a platform that made sense to me and that Mm -hmm. was able to grow really quickly and like kind of surprised me that i I figured it out really quickly how that platform works. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was cool like launching the podcast the first day I was like, "Whoa. There's like 100 people that downloaded this." It was like trippy. Like I don't think that's really that normal. That is I will I can attest that is not normal at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, having a platform to, you know, I did start from zero with Instagram, right? Like, yeah. I started with literally zero. Mm-hmm. I, t- I took a picture of my 1965 Ampeg J12 and posted it on there. And lo and behold, like, people liked it. Like, random people liked it and started following me. And I found, you know, I just rinsed and repeated that strategy. Um, and so that's that's basically what, what happened there. So, you know, I think I had something like, I don't know. I can't remember how many. It was under 20, but it was probably like between nine and 15,000 followers before the actual podcast launched, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know that for a fact. It's just how I'm remembering it in my head. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think, you know, obviously that was really helpful in getting it off the ground right away. But I also think part of the, part of the help was there wasn't another one like it at no, the time. Yeah, that's very true. It's, and it still is. There's a lot of, I mean, like like the joke I made earlier about like there's a sea of guitar podcasts because there is now. Seems like every week there's like, oh, there's a new one coming out. Um, and 
but yours is different where a lot of them, there's a lot of like people in a room talking about guitars, but there's very few that are like, we're going to talk about a certain product or a certain person and kind of tell their story similar to what kind of what you hear, what like, you know, a variety of things like I've heard, but like just speaking a lot on guitars and artists. And it's really good because you kind of give, you give people a platform that they normally don't get the half. Yeah, thank you. I I I do like that it's still kind of unique. There's there is another interview based one, uh, Guitar Knobs. Okay. But it's not entirely interview based. It's 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 structured a lot differently than mine is. Mm-hmm. Mine's much more conversational, and theirs yeah. is a little more formatted. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's kind of a it really is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I haven't listened to that one as much as I would like to, but they do a good job over there. But yeah, um, yeah I, I I don't know this the podcast the way I've got it set up is sort of reflective of me as a person. Mm-hmm. I just want to I just want to talk. Mm-hmm. I just want to know I want to know what's what's making people tick. I want to know why you know who what when where why. Like I I'm interest really interested in people as much as I am guitar stuff. Yeah, and I think that that definitely comes through because as someone that's been listening for a while, it's as if. I feel like some of the conversations, like, I'm in the conversation. Like, you feel, and it's a really weird feeling because you're like, oh, you know, like, I listen to the podcast all the time. Like, I know all this stuff. And you're like, no, you really, I mean, you, you do from the podcast side, but not a real, like, you know, never actually talked side. So I think, but that's, like, a perfect way to have a podcast because that's kind of what we're trying to do is, you know, a conversation that brings the listener along for the for the ride. But Yeah, yeah, and I, I hopefully, you know, I try to, I try to ask the questions that I'm I'm hoping other people are thinking too. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm hoping that I'm not the only one that is wondering that same thing when I ask it. It is, you know, a lot of it is thought out. I used to have things wrote down. I don't really do that anymore just because it hasn't really been necessary. There's a few standard questions that that creep in, but oh, there's, yes. for the most part mm-hmm. it's just what, you know, it's a response to whatever they've told me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like I said it's it's really great. If you don't listen to that, there will be a link in the description. So if you're listening now and you're like, oh, what's, what's, what are guitar podcasts? Well, you should already know because we've had, like, I'd feel bad about, like, four episodes ago when we talked to Clifton. But <laughs> at this stage, if you, if you haven't checked it out, you really should because, again, it's uh, you don't even have to be, like, a diehard gearhead or, you know, like a quote-unquote, like, you know, like, even though it's the like, name of another podcast, but, like, a gear nerd. or like, Actually, the guitar nerd. It's a gear nerd separate. But you can – the getting to, like, hear these stories is – you know, you don't necessarily have to be like, oh, I want to hear about this pedal, so I better listen to this episode. It's like, I'm going to hear about the story of why they built it. And that's more, you know, that can be more interesting than like, turn the knob this way to make it sound good. Yeah, I don't I don't think that the podcast, honestly, I mean, it's been tried before, but I don't really think audio-based podcasts are great for demo content myself. Yeah. I, it's It's not... I mean, it's cool to hear what things sound like, but I really think that videos are better because you can like see what's actually happening and how it's set. And and I just I I don't know I I don't really think audio demos I've I've considered it and people have asked me to do them before, but it just doesn't seem very conducive to the platform. I very much try to do things, you know, regardless of what media I'm working in. I've always tried to do it like, would I be into this? And mm-hmm. if the answer is no, then I really don't want it. I'm not going to waste my time. Yeah. Yeah, and that's true, and I think it's uh, it's important too because if you don't have a passion for it, like it's probably going to end up coming through. You know, like you see, yeah, you definitely, definitely, and it's you know, some people are really good about it. Like 
But you can kind of tell, even on some like YouTube channels, when it's like you can tell it's like, oh, I got sent this pedal. I need to do a demo of it. I'm not really excited about it. I'm going to pretend I am. But it's like, and, and those channels don't seem to do as well as the ones that they seem to do pedals or they do they they do gear that they actually enjoy playing. Because then you're like, oh, I actually want to buy that, not just because the person's like, here's all the noises. Thanks for coming and watching. Boom. Yeah, yeah, and I understand why some of that happens too. Because a lot of those guys that have been around for a long time. That's how they make their living, so yeah. they have to, you know, mm-hmm. they have to play almost everything that gets sent their way. Mm-hmm. And and I, I want to, I, I think that people really need to, to notice, or not notice, but think about, there's a big difference between a demo and a review. Yeah. And some people lump them together, and I think that's entirely inaccurate. Yeah. A demo, the, the guy doesn't, I would prefer it if he liked it, and it would be much more enjoyable to watch, but he doesn't have to necessarily love the thing he's demoing. He's just showing you what he can do with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a review is like, I like this, and here's why. Yeah. That's totally different. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And there's kind of the whole, like, there's, like, that kind of almost, it's not sketchiness, but, like, kind of when, when some sometimes channels don't always say, like, oh, hey, I'm checking out this pedal. And sometimes they don't say, like, they sent it to me, I'm checking it out. It's like, you know, they put their brand of I like it, and sometimes you're like, do you really? You know, and I like sometimes when they just say, this is a demo, I'm going to play it. Here you go. You know, make your make your own judgments or this is a review where I'm going to tell, you know, why it helps my sound out. Yeah, and you know, I I started doing demos in earnest recently and I'm not, they're not ever going to be the main thing I do, but I wanted it to be a component of what I do. Mm-hmm. Um and I was really like I mean, we were goofing off and we had fun with it, but it was it was really we were cognizant of like, okay, here's what's out there. Let's make it look different. Mm-hmm. Like you know, let's do something different, like not so wildly different that it, people don't recognize it as a pedal demo, but let's just make it visually try to stand out because, you know, there's there's so many guys doing the, you know, phone on a tripod, pedal cut into the right, them on the left jam thing, and they're doing <laughs> it way better than I would ever do it. Yeah. You know, so why would I even try to copy that? Like, mm-hmm. that's there's so many guys doing using that format that are doing way better than what I'm going to do. Yeah. So let's make it interesting. So I'm really excited for the next one we have coming out. It'll be it'll be a few weeks out. Okay. Um, just because my video guy, Keith, uh, has to do all the heavy lifting. Ah. I'm just the doofus in the video. <laughs> and, you know, he has other things to do. Yeah. So it takes, you know, we, we won't be able to be as consistent as other channels either because of that. But I'm really excited. We did one for the Chase Bliss Dark World. Ooh. And we got drones involved. And it's gonna be it's gonna be really rad, I think. I, I really hope the drone footage is like, you know, because like the one of the things of demo footage is always like, you know, the uh, above above the pedal shot. Mm-hmm. I really hope the drone footage is like above your like your tone shed, and you're like you can see the pedal like how I have it set down there, <laughs> and just like keep going <laughs> to like this. I, like, I can't see what the pedal looks like. That's I'll, cool. I'll tell you. I can tell you what it is without really ruining okay. anything. It's um, I made it so I found some settings I really liked and scrolled through them and and kind of made a little riff piece mm-hmm. and 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 just we didn't film any of this we just recorded it and so I I went through a couple different settings and just played this really textural ambient thing and and basically made the intro music for mm-hmm. lack of a better word which I forgot to do last time and that was one of the biggest critiques people had for me like you don't even play the thing for three minutes you're like I'm like good point i didn't so i should i should <laughs> fix <noted>. that. <laughs> thank you um 
and so we we made this intro piece and what we did is we we took the pedal out at night into the the city and got the drone hover, hovering over it and then kind of did some you know then took the drone up to like a thousand feet over the city and kind of panned around oh that'd be cool and did did a couple different shots of that so that'll be like the intro of mm-hmm. the video and then we'll cut to the the shred shed and the the normal stuff yes. I, I i forgot i i didn't i couldn't remember the name of your uh your quote on your your guitar area can remember it was the tone shed <laughs> or the shred shed yes i should have known that <laughs> um well it, it depends on what who you ask my okay. son refers to it as uh, the pedal place okay and and also the guitar room so it uh, all depends on you know what he's calling it for the he's day calling it for the day now what um you kind of talked about how you started with you so you started with instagram you, you know kind of got the podcast started after that you know what what got you into music originally? You, you always kind of played guitar. Was it something you always kind of like? As far as you can remember, you played, or you can you picked it up when you were older? No, I played guitar. So ever growing up, my dad uh, always played. He still does. Okay. Um, and so I always wanted to play, and a lot of my friends, you know, dads played or they played or or whatever. I I played piano as a kid. I pretended to play drums for a while, which was a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, my poor family. I would like crank system of oh they didn't they didn't have that big of a house it's like twelve hundred square feet or something, mm-hmm. and my mom would be in the kitchen and I'd be in my bedroom and I would like set be like can I set my drums up and she's like okay and <laughs> she would let me set the drums up in my room and then I would crank system of a down and try to play drums to system of a down. I had no business like that guy's a good drummer yeah I had no business trying to play those drums. At all, I could barely play like a standard blues shuffle thing. Like I was, it was a horrible idea. But uh, my mom sat through it, and so you know, I can't, I can't ask for much more than that. Yeah, I've always um, said I, I started off on drums as well, actually. And I've always said like, I'm like, if you're gonna have kids, I'm like, they're like, what instrument should I start on? I'm like, well, not drums. That's a that's a very terrible choice for yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. Like I'm lucky. Like I might try to push my kid to drums if he's into it. Um. Because I have somewhere for him to go play, and yeah. I don't have to listen to it. But if if I was in that situation, no, 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 no. But anyway, I I started that, and I just always thought the idea of being in a band was was really cool and really fun. Mm-hmm. And I I started playing guitar. I played piano for a while, and then my I kept bringing these songs to my piano instructor, and she would she would be like, you know, this is like a guitar song, and I was like, yeah, but I. Figure it's got chords and stuff. I could play it on piano, and then after a while, she was like, "Have you thought about like I was I was okay at piano. I still I can, I'm not great at it, but I can fumble around some chords and be semi passable in certain contexts." Mm-hmm. But she was like, "Have you thought about you know, guitar? You keep bringing guitar <laughs> songs. Seems like you might like guitar." It's like, well, I guess I could try, and so I kind of I kind of taught myself. I'm I'm 90% self-taught, mm-hmm. which is as why I'm not that good. But I, uh, you know, played "It Smells Like Teen Spirit" on an acoustic guitar and old Takamini, and basically, ever since that time, it was like, oh man, I just love guitar. And so yeah, I played played in bands in high school, and and yeah, it's always ever since basically I learned that riff, guitar has been like super important in in my life. I've been kind of obsessed with. With the sounds, really, even then, when I didn't really know how to make, you know, distorted guitar tones or anything, I I knew that I was chasing 
rad guitar sounds. Mm-hmm. I'd listen to bands and be like, man, their guitar sounds so cool. How do I get my guitar to sound like that? And I didn't really have anybody to kind of hold my hand through that process because my dad is an acoustic player and knows very little about electric gear. He mm-hmm. just uh, It's not his thing. Yeah. So he, so I didn't have anybody. I was like, I want to make it sound you know, like, like this metal band or like this song. And I, I remember like before I bought a guitar, I thought that like drop tune sounding metal songs were on. I thought that was bass. Like somebody told me, oh, that's a distorted bass. I'm like, it is, <laughs> you know? And so I, I remember calling Guitar Center trying to figure out like a rig. And so I was like, maybe I want to play bass instead. And I was like, I need a bass and then I need an amplifier that has distortion. And they're like talking they're like this kid does not know what he's talking about <laughs> you know but we'll sell him everything <laughs> yeah i had no you know i had just i had no help in that department because mm-hmm. the internet wasn't a thing yeah um and nobody i knew knew what they were talking about either with as far as tone and gear mm-hmm. so it wasn't until much later that i started getting that figured out yeah that's i don't know if that answered your no, question yeah that did that so, so basically it's been a long yeah it wasn't like you're like two years ago like hey look at this thing sitting in the corner let's start youtube later got it (laughs) um so that was kind of always been around now how long i know and if you've listened to the tone mod long enough and you should you kind of know like this wasn't the tone mod wasn't your full-time job you know forever what 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 you know like what was the push that said okay i can do this full-time was it just like other than the podcast like the podcast making like you know bringing in enough money or is it stuff you're doing outside of the podcast, but, but gear related. So yeah, it's through, through the podcast. It's been, it's been really, really weird. So I always intended to do something with it. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what, you know, kind of initially I was like, lots of people play guitar. If I start a successful guitar podcast, then I can get big sponsors like Casper and whatever. And that's simply, that was a stupid thought. That was simply was never going to happen. Yeah. It's too, it's way too niche. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, you just, it's not going to happen. Um, so there's a plenty of guitar players, but as we found out, there's not plenty of guitar players that listen to podcasts. That's a whole sub niche within the niche. Yeah. So that that's good, but you know, that's all well and good, but there's still plenty of people that do listen. So it's definitely worth doing. But I, I figured I was trying to figure out what to do. And I found like through talking to all these company owners by getting them on the podcast, a lot of them would you know we would end up talking about other things off the air and it was like marketing and branding and instagram and mm-hmm. and product development and blah 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 blah. and pretty soon there was you know a couple of them that were had you know paying me on retainer so that we could you know do it all the time basically and so yeah it, to answer your question the podcast makes a little bit of money mm-hmm. not 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 much but it, it it makes a little bit of money but it's everything i'm doing that stems from the podcast okay basically that that has allowed me to leave and so the the big kind of moment was like i'm making the same you know the same amount of money basically from the side gig as i am from the full-time gig and i like the side gig a lot better Mm -hmm. so let's let's put all our focus on that and 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 you know some other projects that i can't quite talk about yet but oh oh, (laughs) yeah hopefully at nam though Ooh, Hopefully at yes. NAMM, all will be revealed. All will be revealed. So, stay tuned to NAMM. I always love the... I've had a few where people are like, I'm like, I'll get off air. And they're like, are we off air now? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Usually yeah, it's racetrack it, stuff. But 
it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be a really really interesting year if if everything goes according to plan but yeah to answer your question it's everything cool you know it's not like i have one giant revenue stream from one thing Mm -hmm. it's it's lots of little streams and they all kind of came together and it was just like well let's try this you know yeah and i think that's cool because i think a lot of people i don't know there's kind of this like golden image of like oh i'm gonna like put content on the internet and magically i'm just gonna like you know i'm gonna get checks from the youtube or i'm gonna get checks from itunes (laughs) and like first off the checks from youtube like that's not as big as it used to be and you know like the 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 podcast thing like there really isn't so to see like being able to kind of like i always call it like at least for what I do, like I'm always hu- like I'm like I'm always got, I'm like always have to be hustling, like trying to mm-hmm. figure out a new thing or trying to do something different, because I'm like if I if you stay still and just hope for something to happen, it's never gonna happen. But if you move and you change and you know you kind of see like oh people like this or like oh people don't like this, you know that seems to work. So it's been kind of cool to see that. I know this last year you've had a few pedals that have kind of come out with like the Tone Mob branding, right? Or not, well, like, with tone, or with other companies, but they're kind of, like, Tone Mob special. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've done that for a few years now. Okay. This year was the year we did the most of those. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are these, like, projects. So the first one I ever did was the Model 1 Fuzz that I did with Solid Gold Effects. Okay. And that was, that was the only one that's, like, tone mob branded like it doesn't say solid gold effects anywhere on the pedal except like in the instruction card and stuff mm-hmm. but it was promoted from their end there's no secret that that's who did it and so it was you know something we worked on together i it was kind of awesome because i i told them what i wanted i told you know and and they sh- shifted me and it was like one of the only ones that needed no tweaks I was like this is perfect you nailed it right out of the gate with just my descriptions so that was cool, yeah. and so we we did that one, and then that stemmed into the sort of co-branded stuff um, mm-hmm. I did with several other companies, and and they're always kind of short runs, and it's just like a a way to get together to flesh out some ideas that maybe I have that that I don't see anywhere else, or maybe sometimes it's just somebody comes to me with a really good idea, and they're like, "You think you would want to put this out as a tone mob thing?" I'm like, "Yes," <laughs> so. <laughs> It, it kind of it kind of varies, but you know my involvement in the in the design process varies on them. But it's uh, it's all very much a big collaboration, and hope to do some more of that moving forward. Those are are always a lot of fun. Yeah, they're always cool. It's um, and they're usually if you again if you listen to the podcast at all, you'll learn you are a lover of all things fuzz. So have most of them been fuzz pedals so far, or have you kind of like tried you know your dip the toe into other effects? Most of them have been fuzz. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have all had fuzzy characteristics. Okay. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, the the two that kind of stand out from that would be the Demogorgon. Mm-hmm. Did a V. Well, we've done three different versions of the Demogorgon. The first one was a straight fuzz. Mm-hmm. The, the second one is a fuzz tremolo reverb, and then the last one is a modified version of that fuzz tremolo reverb. And so that 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 you know, obviously has those functions. And then the other one that really stands out was um, the Spruce Effects Tremolo. And that's like a super high gain, gnarly fuzz, like wall of fuzz type sound, mm-hmm. but not really, not really big muff. 
it's kind of it's kind of a unique sounding fuzz, but it's it's got that feel, but not necessarily that sound. Okay. And then it's then it's got a tremolo on it as well. Cool. So that one's pretty cool. And then the the wrought iron Kyber, which was kind of a three way mm-hmm. sort of thing. It it started as it was just supposed to be a really cool wrought iron original fuzz, and then he wanted the the light on the the sword to blink, mm-hmm. and he figured out how to make that happen he was like wait a minute if i just put this part in the audio path as well it will then have a tremolo on it so they've all had tremolo not all but oh those three have all had tremolo okay as a another feature which i think is a very underrated effect that i don't talk about as often as i should because i love trem too yeah so there's there's those and then the one that would be a lot different than that is the the fuzzerocious typhon mm-hmm. that was that one i had a, a lot heavier hand in because it came from a weird experiment that I did. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's four gain stages. And oh. it can do everything from just a little bit of nice preamp clean boost, you know, just to make things a little nicer, to just blown out oscillating <laughs> madness. Or overdrive, or what... It just all depends on how you set up those gain stages and how you blend them with your original signal and, and whatnot. So that one, yes, it is a fuzz, but it's also not just a fuzz in fact it does way more than just fuzz yeah cool so i mean yeah there's a lot there i'm trying to like in my head go that's why they did it that way because a lot of times i am very much a uh i love watching all the demo and review stuff but i've always been like yeah i don't think i have the talent to play a pedal that good it would it couldn't even make me sound good (laughs) so like i've been you know like usually watching them and i'll usually ask my wife like "Ooh, what about that one and i'll watch a video i'm like you know either a like i don't I probably wouldn't use that tone. Like, I mostly play, like, if you've listened, I play rhythm guitar at my church. It's, like, my only really, like, out gig. So I don't need, you know, like, 17 stages of fuzz because it usually, you know, blows the old lady's hair off in the front row. <laughs> and they would be <laughs> they would be like, what? I mean, I have, a, I have a metal zone on my board, but it's a Wampler modified EQ pedal. So it gets to be the first in my chain. So every time I take it, if... Whenever there's like a different guitar player or someone that knows kind of what they're looking at, they're like, "Why is there, why is there a metal zone at the front of your chain?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's 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 my always on." And they're like, "What?" <laughs> they're like, I love that because it's That's so it's, awesome. It's and it's a great pedal. I was told people before. I'm like, it's seriously the best, and it's hilarious because I was doing nothing with it. Of course, I had my my metal zone modded, and then everyone their neighbor on YouTube's like, "Oh, just put it in the effects loop." But I'm like, "Oh, that does sound better." Dang it! Now I need to get another one. <laughs> <laughs> like what? Yeah. What? Why did I have this like three years ago when I bought it thinking I was cool? Because I was like, I'm playing guitar. I got to play metal. This has metal in the name. Uh, oh yeah, I know that feeling. Like oh, I got it's got metal in it. Yeah, this has got to be good, right? It has to be good. It has to be. And it has you pl- to be. Plug There's it no in. No way, it's not. Yeah. Good. This is this is back when I was taking advice from my buddy that played with a uh, Line Six uh, 100 watt head into a Line Six Four by Twelve. Yeah. Yeah. It was. We were tone kings. At that old well, house. <laughs> that that thing has all the sounds in it. What more it, could you need? Yeah, I mean, when we wanted to play, when he was like, "Hey, we're gonna play the all, this all that or you know all that remains song," he could just plug the sound exactly in, and I'd go on his electric drum set that was all you know, synth, or, you know, all rubber pads, and go to town. <laughs> well, yeah, it just makes sense. Just it, good logic. It was it was it was perfect tone. I'd, we always look back and go, man. That never sounded good. Like it sounded loud. <laughs> like we, we did not. He did not need to have a four by twelve for what we were doing. It, we, it did not need that. But oh, we could, we could. You know, the neighbors would call the cops. But man, it was just looking back. I'm like, oh, what are we doing? 
Yeah, we all go through that stage, yeah. right? Like, no, it's yeah. like, you just don't know. when yeah. you, you know, you think you know. You see these guys with, you know, these sounds that you like, and you're like, oh, I clearly need a full stack, because that's what he has. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it takes you a while to, especially if you don't have anybody, like, shepherding you through. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of try to get that figured out. There's There's been a couple younger guys that I feel sort of bad because – I feel good and bad about it. So I we've helped them. Like, me mm-hmm. and my friends have helped them. Like, oh, you know, they're great players, great musicians, but they didn't really didn't really know anything about gear before they met us. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, let us let us help you, young Padawans. Here is the gear that you need. You know, come to the shred shed and play through some pedals. And so the, they both those guys have came over, and then they both now they have hopeless pedal addiction so i also feel a little bit bad they're like <laughs> buying everything that they can get their hands on yeah you're so. like oh i am um... because that's the other problem you know like like the, like the joke about gas you're like it's not a joke until you realize like i think this might be a problem like i can't stop like my wife is always like if i'm on my phone she's like what are you doing i'm like i'm not on marketplace right now definitely not on facebook marketplace not looking at <laughs> not looking at the, the last one on there was this dude selling like boxes of guitar parts like one box was bodies, one box was necks, one box was it was just I mean you could put together like six guitars out of these boxes. And I'm like, but it's like 150 bucks, honey. Like I could put them together and I I swear I'll flip all of them. I'll sell them all. <laughs> and she's like, "No, you won't." I'm like, "I'll sell most of them." <laughs> I will. I'll I'll sell them all. Yeah, I don't even pretend anymore. Yeah. At all. I'm just like she's like She's like, what do you do? Never mind. Yeah. She knows what I'm doing. Yeah, there's you know? no. She knows. And when it shows up, like my, I mean, it's to the point. My son's three. Uh huh. I co- if I come in to the door with a box, that <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, oh, dad has pedals. You know, he he just knows. <laughs> yeah. Like, dad has pedals when he comes in with a box. That's what he has. If it's a, he'll if be it's like, a... mom, dad has pedals. It's like, yeah, dad has pedals. It's that's what it is. It's, this is life now. This is we just have to live with it. This is it is what it is. But at <laughs> least you could be like, this is for I need this for the uh, yeah. <laughs> this is totally well. It, it, it I mean it's kind of good and kind of bad. Like mm-hmm. now it's like, wow, that's a I can write that off. I can yeah. write that off. This is wonderful. But it, at the same time, it's kind of bad because it's like writing being able to write it off doesn't make it any cheaper. No, no. <laughs> it, it still it, costs money. Yeah, you're like it's still in the end. You're like it's not that. That's a really great thing to tell yourself. Like I can write this all off. Don't worry. I was I was a mechanic. Well, I still am a mechanic. So you know, like the thought of like when you buy tools, like I can write this off, and then you realize at the end of the year, like you spent more than you could write off. So you're like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah, this didn't work out as I thought it would. Yeah, you're like, oh, I yeah. now have good. I dang it. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I was a mechanic too. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I remember. I thought I saw something you were talking about that you did like heavy duty mechanics. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Um, because I work I work at a semi shop right now. But yeah, it's that's an addiction. I mean, like getting into guitars. Like it was it was luckily my buying of guitars was kind of like when I kind of realized I had all the tools I kind of needed at the time. So I wasn't you know hemorrhaging money to like on the weekly payments with with a, a tool truck because mm-hmm. as you know it's like it's twenty bucks a week. So what if I'm going to play 20 bucks a week for the rest of my life? It's only 20 bucks. Oh, there's another tool truck? Here's another 20. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. yeah. We had the guy. So we had uh, at one place I worked, we had the Snap-on truck, the Matco truck, the uh, Cornell truck, mm-hmm. and the and the Mac truck oh. come through all the time. Uh-huh. All, 
all the time. The Mack truck came through every week, and the dude would literally wait until lunchtime, and then he would bring up a bag of tools, and he would be, we were sitting there eating sandwiches, and he would be like, and here we have this new thing, and that new thing, and so I didn't really have that problem with tools. Mm-hmm. Like, I got what I needed, and, you know, and if I had to borrow something more than a couple times from somebody, then I would buy it, yeah. but, like, I didn't, I did not gas for tools, basically, like a lot of guys did. Yeah. I was like, this is just for work, this is whatever, I get what works, and, and if, you know, if I have to borrow something too often, then I'll buy it, because I obviously need it. Yeah. But he would come in, and I'd be like, go away. The last thing I want to do is look at tools at lunchtime. And everyone would say the same thing. They would complain, right? They would be like, why is the Mac guy up here hawking his tools? And then the same guys that were complaining... Were buying? <laughs> ...would run down and buy them. And I'm like, guys, he will stop coming up here if you stop buying them every time he comes up here. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I would keep coming up here, too, if I was him. Yeah, if you're... And it's it's like the complaint... I know... Um, my, our Mac, my Maco guy, like, I actually know him like outside of the work, work, work side of things. He, uh, what, how I got started in the Bipster stuff is I announced lawnmower racing. Sounds funny. It's kind of a real thing. Hilarious. Um, and he's really big into it. So we talk more about that than we ever do tools, but yeah, like I, I could be real with him, like, you know, and talk about like, all right, what's up? Like, you know, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like you complain about it, but you're like, you still buy it and you're still like, sweet. If there was a tool, <laughs> if there was a tool truck for guitars, like if, if any of the big brands just roll around in vehicles and just show up at our houses and, like, walk down to our guitar room, like, hey, do you want to buy this for $20 a week? Dane it. <laughs> like, yeah, it would, yeah, it would be bad. That It'd would be, be very, really very bad. bad. It would be really, really bad. And if you're not – if you've never been on the wrenching world, like, ask somebody. Like, the next time you go to a mechanic, ask them why it's such a bad deal because it's – you basically just write it off as your uh, – what, what, what you get paid. Like, well, I get paid this much a week. We'll take, like, this much off of it because Lord knows I'm going to have to buy that $200 wrench. Because it's got the right name on it. I mean, it's actually the more I think about it, it is kind of like tool buying is kind of like the epitome of like guitar snobs. Like it has to have the right name on it. It has to be the newest and the greatest. Like if it came out this year, not last year, you're like, well, I want to buy this one. You know? Yeah, I was never like that with with yeah. mechanic stuff. I always you know enjoyed the work for the most part, mm-hmm. but I never was like that with my tools at all. I was I would look at some guys and be like. In, I have a, I had a, or still have it, but, you know, it's just at home now, mm-hmm. but I had a, uh, one of those, those nice stainless steel Costco toolboxes, uh-huh. and, you know, it's not as good as, like, the, the bang and snap on ones, mm-hmm. but I bought it for $300, uh-huh. and, and then another guy was, he got this huge Matco one mm-hmm. with the, the, like, the best of everything, and the HUD, you know, the hubs, and then the speakers, and blah, 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 like, the whole nine yards. Like, how much was that? Like, 15 grand. Yeah, like, no, no, we don't get paid enough for that. <laughs> no, we definitely don't. I, as someone who literally just paid off his big Mac, Matco box, um, yeah, you do not get paid. Oh, my gosh. I, I, my buddies are like, man, it's a really big toolbox. I'm like, yeah stupid me like four years ago when i bought it was like this is a great idea and four years later like i pay more on this than i pay on my truck (laughs) (laughs) and it's just the box like and now like looking at like if i do something outside of wrenching i'm like i don't even know i can't put that in my garage like dang it (laughs) yeah that's why you know you see them pop up on craigslist for like a third of what they oh, would be new. Yeah, and actually, I bought mine technically used because it got repoed. Because in atypical style, the guy that first bought it couldn't afford it anymore. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'll buy it for oh, you. It's like half the price. Okay, sign me up. Let's just uh, do, 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 do. Here's my firstborn. We're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the tool the tool business is uh, it's a. 
I don't know, man. It's a it's a gnarly one. They yeah. they really they get you, yeah, especially the snap on truck. Yeah, they're all and they it's it is crazy. But yeah, so it's kind of but it's funny that there's you can kind of depending on if there's people that are just as big into gear, you know, guitar gear, and it's like that with everything, you know. There's everybody has something that they're really into. It's just the guitar gear is really tempting because first off, like there's stuff for sale all the time because mm-hmm. people buy it and want to sell it, and that's what the dangerous part of like marketplace and Craigslist can be to a uh, guitar addict because it is basically like, oh, hey, look, here's something, here's something cheap. <laughs> but uh, right, what is your current like? I know you have the shred shed and you have full of pedals, but if you had to go, I didn't prepare for this. I'm sorry if it takes a second. If you like, let's say you got called to a gig tonight. I know, I know you have a band, so your band calls you up for a gig, and you're going to be playing not just your music, but kind of like a few other varieties. What would be your go-to rig? You know, guitar, pedals, and amp. Mm, man, that's hard. It, I know. See, with me, it changes. Every, every, so, you you may have heard this before, but and if I don't if I don't pull the trigger on this before the year's over, I'll have completely failed mm-hmm. my last year's New Gears resolution, mm-hmm. which was. Um, I know that's a stupid thing, but we say it every 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 January that some somebody has a new gears resolution. Yes. You know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. one of our nerd things that we yes. do. Mm-hmm. And mine was going to be to set up an actual pedal board because mm-hmm. I haven't had a pedal board set up in years, <laughs> like years and years. Because mm-hmm. I I have a lot of stuff because I'm a hopeless addict, mm-hmm. and and so what I would do, like when like, hey, we're gonna practice tonight. I'm like, oh, sweet. And I would go like, well, I need 17 fuzzes. Yes, of not course. not really, but you know, I'd I'd, I'd grab at least three mm-hmm. because you know all of our songs have fuzz and they're all a little different. So and one good drive, one distortion, you know, and a few time based effects, and and then head out the door. And I'd literally like throw them in a box and throw them <laughs> throw them on the floor when I got to the practice space. So I thought that's kind of silly. I really should have an actual pedal board set up. So last year I said I was going to set a pedal board up. I still have not done so in the years almost I over. Say, I was going to say, we so. are the 26th of November as we're recording this. So you got about a month. But the deals, you still have Cyber Monday deals to go do. You can. <laughs> how big of a pedal board are you looking to get? Are you looking at like your, oh man, I don't even know the names of the pedal board. I mean the pedal train sizes that everyone goes off of like. Your typical. Like, I don't either. I can't even remember. I have a board here. I have a nice. I have a nice uh, salvage board that I fortunately was able to snag before they went out of business, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been the one I've been meaning to get set up. It's it's a good medium sized board. I can't remember the dimensions on it though, but it's a good mid. You know, it's a yeah. fairly large board. It's not a massive, massive thing, but it's. Oh, uh, it's probably. I don't even want to guess. It's it's a medium size. Medium, medium size. All right, we'll go with that medium size. Yeah. yeah, but I would probably I wouldn't set that up if somebody called me right now. I, if I was going to throw my box of pedals together, I would probably grab. Let's see, I'd probably grab either this Jennings. I got this Jennings Telly okay. on loan Ooh, for yeah. a little bit. So if I was just going to go practice, I would grab that. If I was going to go play out, I probably wouldn't take it since it's on loan. But Good I've point. really been enjoying that Telly. I, he's come up with a name for it. What I is just can't name? remember what it was. Because everyone's been talking about it. It blew up. It kind of blew up the internet last week. They're really nice, and you know, they're really nice at any price point. But for fifteen hundred bucks, they're kind of they're kind of a stupid deal. Yeah, they're yeah, they're really really good guitars. Yeah, and the McNelly pickups in them are phenomenal. It sounds great. So I would probably grab that guitar if we were going to go practice. If we were going to go out, I would take one of my own. Mm-hmm. I would probably take. 
my either my Roni Oceana or my Les Paul Custom. Okay. Probably my Les Paul Custom just because it's been a little bit since I've I've played it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'll probably take my Les Paul Custom. Um, it's a 1981 white Les Paul Custom, and it's it was a dream come true guitar for me. So I was really mm-hmm. glad to get that one. Um, and then you know tuner obviously. I'd probably go back to one of my old favorite overdrives, the Mad Professor Sweet Honey Overdrive, mm-hmm. or or the Rod Iron Orchrist. Okay. You probably want don't want ores. You probably want what I should grab. So I'm gonna go go what I should grab. I'll take the Les Paul Custom t- uh, Tuner, Rod Iron Orchrist, the probably the hmm probably the Silver Pelotar. Okay. And then a solid gold effects hive, which they they currently have. Uh, this is probably not going to come out before it's over, but that's currently free, uh, and I can't believe that it's free. Alex came over a few weeks ago and and let me borrow that thing, um, and it sounds awesome. It's a really really cool fuzz. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, that's a part of their Black Friday thing, but I would probably take that, and then I need. I've been really falling back in love with my old Russian Big Muff, so I'd probably grab that. Okay. Into... Hmm. Probably my Ibanez DE7 okay. delay. Mm-hmm. And then I'm doing all this. I'm not looking at anything. I'm, I'm trying to stay still, so I'm, I'm going in my head. And then I'd probably <laughs> do something like... Oh, I, oh, definitely the Chase Bliss Dark World. Oh, yeah. That, that would be it. Mm. And... That's that's probably what I would grab if I had to grab some stuff right now, mm-hmm. and then into my Benson Vincent. Nice, and you got to know that all those pedals have to be durable because if they can handle the box of pedals, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that should be your like selling point. Be like, hey, not only is this pedal good, it handles the box. <laughs> yes, handles the box, and we're good. That is so awesome. That, that's that's probably what I would. Yeah, that's that's what I would bring. Yeah, that's a good. Now. That's a good setup. That is a uh, very good setup. But yeah, that'll be interesting. So, are you gonna do? Are you going to kind of do like a series around, like, you know, finally, when you finally build the pedal board, like something you're going to put out on YouTube, or is it going to be just kind of like, there'll be an episode of the Tone Mob where it's, I built, I finally have a, here's my pedal board. <laughs> well, I'll definitely post about it in the Tone Mob group okay. on Facebook, and I'll definitely put it on Instagram. I might do a video of it, mm-hmm. and just kind of a quick run through, like, I finally put together a pedal, it probably won't be, though, I'll probably just do like a live stream or something. Live stream. I don't think I'm a big enough deal that people care that much. I don't know. <laughs> and, and live streams are so easy. We do live streams with our racing stuff on the, on the Bibster side of things, because I told somebody, I'm like, literally all I have to do is I click, like I can do it from my phone. If you have a decent enough phone and then Facebook takes care of the rest of the stuff. I don't care about that. Just, okay, you get, you get it out there. I just have to film it. Like, I don't have to worry about what it looks like. And since it's a live stream, no one's complaining. Like the audio quality isn't perfect. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a live stream. Of yeah, course. It's not, don't be don't be a live stream snob, but yeah, that'll be <laughs> that'll be cool. So yeah, my mistake is I'm always I'm all about the uh, well I I have one I have a pedal train mini like the like the really small one that I use for my acoustic set, but for my electric set I'm always just like throwing ones together like building throwing ones together, which is all fun except for when you build it to fit the suitcase and then you want to add pedals, and you try and cram more pedals onto it that you can and it makes it where now like I couldn't add any more pedals to what I have right now because I literally couldn't fit. <laughs> like the yes. setup I have, and I'm like, dang! Like I want to. If I change that pedal out, I have to change the one behind it and in front of it, 
and probably get rid of the uh, amp controller on here. Oh, yeah. So it's just like a, okay, I'm happy with the sound I have right now. I just had to keep telling myself. Right, yeah. right. I know what you're saying. See, it's so we're so weird. Like, I, I put out this that pedal board that I just said. Mm-hmm. I'm already mentally changing it in my head. <laughs> well, and I like, oh, wait a minute. I want to use, I want to run stereo. <laughs> like, I want to do the, I'm going to run the Mr. Black Panatram <laughs> and the Twin Lasers. And, you know, like, I'm like, oh, geez. I'm already mentally, like, backpedaling and, like, oh, no, no, I want to put that Cooper effects on there. Like, uh, like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just never going to get this board done. If I get it done, you know I'm going to be ripping it apart then like the next day. You know, you almost need to get that one. What's that one brand that just had that one pedal where you can like put your pedals on the little pad and then just plug them in? So you can just be like plug out, plug out, plug in. Uh, oh what yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, the one that's the like I mean they like. make their own stuff but then you can get the like the the blank ones and you can put your pedal on it and it supposed to make a pedal board but when you look at how much it eventually would cost you're like good lord <laughs> <laughs> are you talking about uh you talking about that pedal board company are you talking about uh temple boards is, is it temple might be it might be i remember i watched the videos earlier in the year and it was like they had their own pedals that came with it but then you could also like and it was like the pedal just clipped in and it was then hooked to power and hooked to like, oh this is loop. different than what yeah. i i was thinking of and i don't was, know what you're talking about. yeah it was supposed to be i think there's an anderton's video on it but then you could also put your own video or your own pedals on there on like blank ones and then you could plug it into the system and basically the thought was if a pedal died or you could like take a pedal out of the chain but it wouldn't actually take it out of the chain it was basically like a big looper so you could interesting it was interesting i mean it was just one of those like the thought if you the problem with those companies is like, if boss did this he'd be like okay boss isn't going to go away in a week so I know, like, I could always add to this. This company, you're like, well, I don't know how long this company's going to be around. And if they go away, like, I can't, you know, I'm stuck with what I have. Mm-hmm. So, so, I mean, that's what yeah. I look, sometimes look at that. And I like startup stuff, but sometimes you're also, like, as a consumer, you're like, well, that's fun. But what if, you know, I'm basically guaranteeing that in five years I might want to change it, which is fine because I probably will have changed everything up by then. But you want the thought that oh, you yeah. could, you could keep it. Oh, yeah, you definitely have changed it. Yeah, I will. For sure. I mean, I still, even on my, like, board that doesn't fit anything, I've still, like, will change out. Luckily, I have I have the big collection of TC Electronic and Boss pedals because I'm that I'm such a snob that I can at least, like, change them out. Be like, okay, I'll take the overdrive out. I'll put this one in. Can't change anything else yet. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a weird it's a weird thing. But, mm-hmm. no, it's... It's all really fun. I don't know. I have I have a great time with it, and I I I love I love the the business. Like I like the industry a lot. Yeah. And and I don't know. It's all just it's even when I have a bad day, it's still like you know those that saying they're like like a bad day fishing is better than a good day at work. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how it is every day now. Yeah. So even if I have a bad day, it's like yeah, but you get to play with pedals. Yeah. So shut up. <laughs> you're like you know. You're like I got the. I was, it was a bad day dealing with, like, guitar people versus – especially coming from the wrenching side versus, like, oh, a bad day wrenching where, like, that thing tried to eat – like, that thing tried to kill me. <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like I remember, like, yeah, I'm wrapped up around this drive line and I got, you know, 200-degree asphalt above my head and I got to change out this, this U-joint on a truck on the side of the road in 99-degree uh-huh. weather. Like, you know, like – I've had worse days. Yep. That's, yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. I'm in, I had one of those doing a uh, clutch break on Saturday. I was a one piece and converted it over to a two piece. So I was trying to like get it out with the air hammer, mm-hmm. and like the whole time I'm just like, "Yep, yep." I'm wrenching on semis. They said it'd be fun. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, totally. <laughs> like I got home and I, I was just like, "Oh, what's wrong?" I'm like, 
I'm this ah oh, the dumb ah oh. <laughs> like yeah. You're like it hurts, okay? Yeah, it just hurts. Everything, Everything hurts. hurts. She's like, "Do you want Tylenol?" I'm like, "No, I I, I worked hard today. I want to hurt now." <laughs> it's yeah, part, it's, it's part a, of it. it. Yeah, yeah. I definitely had good days, but th- this is this is more rewarding. And mm. and you know, like I said, the bad days aren't nearly as bad as the bad days I would have doing yeah. that. But oh. yeah, I I I was wrenching for eight years or so, and yeah. then got into the oil industry, so I, that was a, even a little bit easier. But still, much more time consuming. So I've had a, I have had a really weird career arc, to be honest. Yeah. Well, hey, that's. It's always kind of cool to see, like, because as long as you think of like when you hear podcast stuff, you think everybody like is, you know, like oh well they must be you know like they're guitars all the time, and then when you hear like you know you were a mechanic worked in the oil industry, it's like you know you had a kind of a quote unquote regular day job up until the last year, and so as somebody that's in those industries. And, you know, kind of having, like, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel is, you know, what if, you know, what if I was doing other stuff? Kind of a thought. It's kind of cool to see that and see those goals, you know, like, see, like, it is possible. And it isn't just something that, you know, when you when you think about it, when you're, like, at your regular job, like, how do I, what how do I do this differently, you know, that it is possible. Mm-hmm. But, again, it's about, it is not something, obviously, Blake, your story, and you've, you know, if you haven't figured it out, like, it wasn't like it was just handed with you a silver platter. Like you started a podcast and then like a year later, someone's like, here's a full-time job. Here you go. Thank you. Like, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been like, Oh, thanks. It's, it's a hustle and it still is. And it will being doing your own thing and trying to be like an entrepreneur, or, you know, trying to build, have your own business and have your own brand. Like you have, it's not, you know, like really there's never days off, you know, cause when you go on vacation, no, no one pays no, you to not. go on vacation. It's not like, Oh, I'm on vacation now. You're like, Oh, well, I still have to answer these phone calls or do these emails and yeah. And it's like, my dad was, you know, talking yesterday. He, you know, for some reason, my sister and I both got that kind of weird entrepreneur type gene mm-hmm. and, and my dad just didn't really get it, which is totally normal. I mean, most people don't, I'm not saying it's like bad to have a day job at all. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, mm-hmm. it's, it's important for most people and it's, it would be important for me if this all just doesn't work all of a sudden, which is entirely possible. There's not one part of me that's above going back to like shovel manure or something. If I Mm -hmm. have to pay my bills, but you know, like I will do whatever I got to do to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. So I'm not like, like you hear some of the, some of like the more like big businessy type entrepreneur guys. And they almost kind of come across as the, as if they were sort of poo pooing a day job. Mm-hmm. You know, it, not totally, and this is a very general statement, but, like, sometimes they, they view it as, like, this negative thing. It's like, no, you know what was great? My day job allowed me to fail a whole bunch and, like, make some mistakes and lose money here and there on the business, and it didn't really affect me. Mm-hmm. It was just, like, because you fail a whole bunch of times before you find something that's actually going to work. Yeah, yeah. It- and so the day job allowed me to, like, start on the side, and this this is the thing that I tell a lot of people. A lot of people... Like, oh, I don't, I don't know if I could ever just jump in with both feet like that. And it's like, I didn't, mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I tiptoed around it for a long time. And, and, and when, when something started working, I didn't just spend that extra money. I, I saved it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you know, I spent what I needed to for the business and then I, I saved what I could where I could and still worked the day job mm-hmm. and did that a little bit at a time over the course of a few years. And then when it was time to like, make that leap 
I, I, I didn't look at it and go, well, if this doesn't work, I don't know what we're going to do next month. It was like, if this all dries up tomorrow, I'll have a few months to figure it out mm-hmm. before, you know, before something bad would happen. Yeah. You know, so if, so anybody that's like looking to try to do something else other than working in their current job, you know, build up a little, a little bit of side income, you know, like don't buy, you know, if you're like me, don't buy some pedals for a while. I know that sounds insane, but Ugh. that's just that's just what you should do. Yeah. Um, and you know that stuff adds up quick, and then you can have a little bit of a parachute in case things don't go, and then you're not like this big ball of stress about it. A lot of people ask me if I was stressed, and I was like, I'm really not. Mm-hmm. The worst case scenario is I got to go get another job. Yeah. That's fine. That's not that bad. Yeah. I think that's, that's a really, that's a really that's, good way to look at it. You know. And it's something you don't always hear because usually, like you said, you hear these entrepreneurs, like, you know, you hear them being like, you know, oh, you just got to, like, try something new or try something. You're like, no, you can fail. Like, that's okay. Like, in the big scheme of things, it's better to it's better to fail and go back than it is to fail and then just keep trying to, you know, like, basically, like, flounder like a fish. Like, oh, what's happening? I don't know what I'm doing, you know, for forever and then end up in a worse position. Well, I mean, nobody, almost nobody, like, gets it right the first time. Yeah. Like, almost never. Even, like, some of these pedal guys I talk to that are doing really well right now, like, like Robert Keeley didn't always just have the answer. You know, yeah. he had to go through a period of drug addiction. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he was very open about that. I don't know if you listened to that episode or not, but, uh-huh. like, from the outside looking in, it's like, man, this guy's got a successful business. He can do whatever he wants. And it's like, man, he screwed up a lot of times before he had a successful business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, and same with Brian Wampler. He mm-hmm. didn't have the drug addiction problem, but, you know, he didn't start out as a pedal company, started out as a DIY guy. Yeah. And, you know, so it's easy to look at them and go like, oh, look at them. Look, how, look, look how they've just had it easy. And it's totally not the case. You know, it's a, what do they, what do they say? Overnight success story that took 10 years. Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of them says that. But yeah, it's that's, true. That's all, that's all like that. And anybody I've ever looked at, anybody I've ever talked to. Like almost nobody just woke up one day and they're like, "Oh, look, my business is doing great." Yeah, it's just it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, it's the same way. I mean, I think in like the content creating, quote unquote, and I don't lump myself into that, but I kind of do. Like, it is you kind of get these like you know like shades of like you know gold. Like, oh my gosh, if I put if I put content out there, like it'll grow so fast. And I can tell you, like I started putting episodes out, and you were like, "Oh, okay," like that's that's nifty and then you know like it's slow to grow and as it's been growing it's been really cool to see you know like the area grow but it's definitely not something i don't know and it's not that when i when when we started the podcast we thought like oh this is going to be a huge hit but it's just like when the real numbers hit sometimes you got it you got to be ready to be like okay that's not what i was at first initially thinking but i also know like no one starts off and is like oh hey i'm like an overnight i'm mean, you know there's not really an overnight success in that regard no no, nobody is. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, almost nobody. Yeah. It, it is the rarest thing in the world to find somebody that just blew up all of a sudden. Yeah. Doesn't, just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is definitely um, true. But, I mean, you're, you're right. In the content creation, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's, you got to keep going and mm-hmm. keep building and keep doing. Yeah, there's little hacks you can do here and there that help a little bit. There's, there's some stuff, right? There's, there's a few things you can do that, that, that will, you know, shortcut things a little bit. That, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, there's like certain, there's just certain tactics you can use mm-hmm. and certain methods you can use that that help a little bit. That's like 
five percent of it. Mm-hmm. The the rest of it is is just being consistent. Yeah, that is. It's consistent and getting and realizing kind of what your audience wants, and that's I think that's kind of the hardest part, especially in the podcast world, because we don't get, you know, I mean, you get some comments. I mean, you you have the group, which is really great. I mean, you're big enough that you have like a Facebook group, so you can kind of get the like reaction of like, hey, did that work out, or like, oh, that was a flop, you know, like. And YouTube is always the joke because it's like, no, you can put out the best video in the world and someone's gonna hate it, but you at least get kind of a like, oh, you know, you can kind of judge how it's going in that regard. As long as in podcasts, you have to just kind of go by numbers and like hope, be like, well, that one's higher than the last one, so do that again, or oh, that one was lower, don't do that again, kind of a thing. Yeah, it's really weird um, with podcasting. Uh, it's, I always tell people, like, the numbers do matter a little bit. I mean, they do matter yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. But like with podcasting, especially, it's, it's, it's honestly like a lot about the depth of connection. Uh-huh. You know, like like Tone Mob is is nowhere near like what the Pro Guitar Shop demos were mm-hmm. as far as like numbers go, right? But I think the depth of connection is a lot more intense. Like I know that like there's guys, there's there's podcasts I listen to you know outside of the space that like I they, they mean a lot to me, you know that I'm like this guy doesn't know me. I'm just another download number, mm-hmm. but he has talked into my skull for hours yeah it's a it's like a whole different thing i yeah. it, to me yeah and i think that's uh it's and it's what's weird as a podcast listener especially like when i got into it being like is that how like i hope that's how people are you know like if the how they listen but it is weird because it is very true like as a listener of a lot of podcasts you feel like you kind of know them and then when you add like talking to people on facebook you kind of sort of start to know them i know uh there's a big joke like two weeks ago, I think Clifton Worley had his wife on his podcast, mm-hmm. and she brought up a point of a, she calls his internet friends his fake friends, and it was this whole joke on his page and the rest of the day, and it was I mean everyone had fun with it, but I was like I told my wife I'm like it's kind of true because I'm like you kind of the deeper you get into the gear world and with different podcasts like you start to kind of know these people, and then it's like you realize like they're kind of like like it's kind of like this whole group of people that I know, and like when you get new gear, you're showing them like hey look what I got today, and it's like. Your re- like your friends in real life. I show like I show most of my friends in real life a guitar, and they're like, "Oh, okay." Like I had a buddy. I had my guitar at my buddy's house the other day, yesterday, because it was we were having snow again, in, and I didn't want to leave it in my car while I was watching a football game at his house. So I brought mm-hmm. it inside, and as for me, I clearly see it's an it's an electric case, and he's like, "It's an electric or an acoustic," and I'm like, like and he's looking at it, and I'm thinking in my head like, "Duh, it's an electric." Like, <laughs> like it's a Mustang Squire Bolt that came out last year. Everyone really liked them. They're super, I'm like, and I'm thinking in my head all the stats, and he's just like, "It's green," <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, aw, my fake internet friends would think it's cool, but no. <laughs> that's right." <laughs> but I think that's it's a weird point, and I, that's what's fun with podcasts because you kind of get to, it's like you're, you get to sit along with conversations, and like I said, yours is really good about that. You're able to, you know, just allow people to talk, and you know steer the conversation in a way that, you know, you hit all the good points, but you know, it also, you know, it makes, it makes sense at the end of the, at, at the end of the episode. Like you're like, I learned something. It wasn't just like, were those two guys just like sitting around, like talking about nothing? You're like, no, they, it, it, they were, but they weren't at the same time. It's like Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And, 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 uh, it, it really, it really varies on the guests. Cause you know, I, some people, I had a guy message me about the re- most recent episode I did with Chris Benson, mm-hmm. and he was like, you know, I was kind of bummed about that episode. I, it wasn't exactly what I was what I was looking for. I was hoping, 
you know, to hear more about Chris's amps and, and stuff and, you know, what his thoughts were on it. And I'm like, at the end of the day, this guy talks about amplifiers 24-7, 365. Uh-huh. And if he doesn't, if I get the vibe from him that he wants to talk about, you know, Pittsburgh's food scene mm-hmm. instead, I'm going to let him to some point because yeah. the conversation is going to be yeah. a lot better. I'm like, no, Chris, why don't you tell me more about the EL84s? Why don't you tell me about those a little bit more? Yeah. He's like, oh, I just talked about this all day long. And while they do love it, you can tell sometimes guys want to break from things a little mm-hmm. bit or the conversation just naturally flows a little bit different direction. Mm-hmm. I'll kick it back on track once in a while, but I'm not going to like, hold up, buddy. This is a guitar podcast. Stop this food yeah, chat. Yeah. This is guitars only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stop talking about what your mother did last summer. I yeah. don't, and it's like, no, it's just like, we're, we're just talking. We're yeah. just two dudes talking. Mm-hmm. And, I think... and that's what I like to listen to. Yeah. So that's, that's what I do. What... And that's what we put on this. It obviously is working. Um, you know, you've seen success there, so obviously people listen, you know, are enjoying that. And yeah, I mean, I think that's great because in the end, when all you see of like, especially some of these uh, company owners or people like, you know, you've been kind of getting to musicians lately too. When all you see is either hear their albums or see their products, you don't get to sometimes see the person behind it all. And so just hearing that person talk, it also kind of gives you like, hey, you know what? Like when I buy this pedal, like. I kind of, in my head, think, like, they kind of had something to do with this, and I've heard them talk, and I enjoy it. I mean, it was one of the reasons why, when I had uh, Brian mod a couple of my pedals, it was last spring when he was kind of doing that, like, I'm bored with things, I want to mod pedals Mm -hmm. kick. So I sent him, I had a DS1 that I literally found at church, and they were like, we're doing nothing with it. So I'm like, okay, I'll send that to him, and then I sent him my, my metal zone. And I remember telling my wife, I said, I'm like, you know what's cool about this is, like, I know he actually worked on them. I'm like, he wouldn't necessarily be hands-on with if i bought one of his you know if i bought one of his pedals he might like he might when it goes to the testing process he will but i'm like it's kind of cool to me that like he actually worked on this one you know so there's some this is a weird you know it's kind of one of those like you don't think about that when you're thinking about like cars necessarily or you know other things but with guitar stuff it's kind of cool like when i play that i'm like hey you know it's a little you know something that you're like i support the guy and i like listening to the podcast i like his products it's just right now usually i'm like ooh. I don't know if I have that good a tone to be like, all right, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is really about the people. I mean, that's kind of why the tagline of the show was, you know, guitar tone and the people behind it. Cause yeah. that's really what I'm interested in. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, you know, a good example of like one of the like coolest things that happened to me because of the podcast mm-hmm. was getting to interview uh, Brian Fallon from Gaslight Anthem. Uh-huh. So, I've been a fan of that band forever, mm-hmm. like for, I mean, 10, like 10, 12 years, maybe longer, you know? And so I've been listening to that band for a long time and like, he's, you know, writes, has wrote some of my favorite songs and I, and I got to, I got to do that with him because of how, I guess, like in Ian's words, so Ian is his guitar player, and he did. They did an album together too, called uh, "The Horrible Crows." Mm-hmm. Ian Perkins, and so Ian, I got to meet through doing this pedal stuff. And shout out to Grant Wilson of Big Ear again for hooking that up. Never would have happened if it wasn't for him. So, anyway, um, and and I was like, "Do you think? Do you think that Brian would want to come on the podcast?" And he's like, "Yeah, he probably would." And but I could tell like they were kind of feeling me out because he gets a lot of people asking him for stuff, you mm-hmm. know, and he doesn't. He's just not 
he he doesn't want to give everybody everything all the time, you know, oh, type yeah. of thing. And and so it took kind of just like hanging around. And then when I finally got to interview him, I was like, okay, I'm not going to ask him about the origins of the Gaslight Anthem and what inspired what songs. He's been asked that a million times. We're just going to shoot the breeze is like, is how I did it. And I just threw the mic on the table and we're like, we're just rolling. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like this is it right here. And it was like one of my favorite conversations I ever had. Mm-hmm. It's been the most downloaded episode of the podcast. It's like, it was really it, good. It was really fun, yeah. and it was one of the coolest things. And now, like, we're on this weird level. Like, he had me pick him up when we he came to town <laughs> to like go to to like take him to the Benson shop, and and I'm like, this is weird. This is like, don't fanboy, don't fanboy. You're cool. Be cool. Don't Just be, be cool. You know. <laughs> I totally get it. You're like, don't don't be weird. Don't be. Yeah. Don't be. Don't be weird. Don't, don't be that guy. Don't be it. Don't be yeah. it. Yeah, and I've I've been able to a little bit. Actually, most of the stuff, the one, the only one that was me, the, like, don't be that guy was, it was before I really did the Bipster stuff. It was, oh, I just started doing it, but Drag Week for Hot Rod was oh, yeah. 15 minutes from us, and it was Mike Finnegan and, and Blasphemy. It was the first day, and this was last year, so not this last, not, not when it was down southeast, it was when it was at Cordova. And I basically, through a long, like, a long thing, I ended up, like, in the end, I was holding some of his tools as he went down the track, so when we went back, like, he was the first one back. I got to talk to him. And I remember the whole time I had him, like, don't be, like, don't freak out. Don't be weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it, whenever when he, like, when he drove away at the end of the day, I was like, crap, I didn't get a picture with him. And I'm like, well, that would have been weird. That's cool. Like, we'll leave it like this. <laughs> like, but it was so yeah, funny. Exactly. I was like, oh, this is so weird. Like, there's a guy that I've watched on YouTube for years and, you know, like, watched all his builds. And I had my head in his car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. It's so cool. It's, yeah. it's cool when that stuff happens, but it also makes you realize, like, when you do get to, like, get up close and personal with somebody that you mm-hmm. really admired or really listened to or whatever the case may be, that, man, everyone's dudes. Yeah. I've oh, said that yeah. a lot, but, like, everyone mm-hmm. is just dudes. Nobody wants to be treated as some weird special celebrity thing, and if they do, they're probably not somebody I want to be associated with anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, Brian was super chill. We were just hanging out. We went and ate a piece of pizza. Yeah. It was awesome. And we just talked about gear and music and stuff. It was like like yeah, I would just I mean, I know I've been watching you come to town every year for the last twelve years and look, grabbed every one of your albums and me and my wife are huge fans, but I guess now we're just kinda gear buddies. Yeah. But I think that's cool because I'm sure especially guys like that, you know, they're kind of used to people kind of having that like you know, like, oh my gosh, there's like they're this big deal. We have to tread lightly and not just be regular people around them. And as much as it's like, you know, you, they're just like, just be normal, you know, just have a conversation, goof around, talk gear, talk whatever. And it makes it, you know, it's probably a lot nicer than, you know, the normal situation he has when he goes to a town and it's like some radio DJ from like, you know, the top whatever channels <laughs> like, all right, man, we're going to go out and take you. I'm going to pick you up on the radio. And, you know, tries to make like the atypical like radio DJ talk and, you know, like just like, oh, my gosh, like, OK, we do this every night. I want to pretend to be cool. Versus being like, hey, I got, like, I got, oh, I got a buddy in Portland. I'll just call him up and we'll just, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it all work. So that's awesome. That's cool. So, that, and like I said, that was a really good episode. I'm not, like, I mean, I'm not, like, not saying I don't like him, but I'm not as familiar with Gaslight Anthem. But it didn't matter because, again, it's like what I said before about some of your guitar stuff. You bring it in a way that, like, you don't have to necessarily be into that gear or that thing, but the story behind it is what's interesting, you know, and it's what 
you want to hear and you kind of want to learn about. And I think that's yeah. that's what you really are going to bring that to light. But um, on that note, I just realized we've been going like for an hour and ten minutes. So, um, oh well, you know, see, this is this happens with me too. This is not a, this is this is not unusual. I looked up you know, like, going oh. back. To, I mean, so well, I mean, to to put it, you know, not to keep fanboying, but yeah. to put it on that same kind of token. When we when I interviewed him, it was after the show in Boston, mm-hmm. and me and the me and the wife uh, were on the bus with them doing it. She she actually chimed in a little bit on that episode mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So, um. And we were there for like an hour and 20 minutes or something. And when we came off the bus, the rest of the band was was out kind of doing something else. And they're like, whoa, you're still here? I was like, yeah, we just got done recording. They're like, you just got done recording? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. You know, that that's pretty normal for me. That happened. I record long all the time. Yep. And they were like, no, no, no. You don't understand. That never happens. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. I was like, oh, then that, that was like, that clicked with me. I knew that like. I knew it was special, but mm-hmm. it was extra special because, like, that never – oh, he never does that ever? Like, and then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, you're right. I can't think of any other time I've ever heard him do a long-form interview like that. Yeah. Well, so, again, because it's mostly probably not – like, you talked about, you know, not just, oh, it was like, hey, what what you know, what you know, was your setup here and gear here? And I don't know. I've never found a guitar – someone that's – I mean, there's people that are into guitar that aren't, like, head over heels over gear. But when you find that person that's, like, all about gear – you can talk for hours about like, you know, the simplest of things just because it's like you find someone's like, oh, hey, they get it too, you know, mm-hmm. versus because I'm going to find guitar players and they're great guitar players that are like, oh, hey, like actually I laugh at my church. So like I play rhythm, but our lead players, I always have like five times the pedal board that they do and they're way better. Like they're usually like a DD7 straight into the Roland Cube that goes out House of Tone for sure. But it's like and then I, they look over at mine and I'm like, you know. Two stages of overdrive, you know, a chorus, a reverb, a delay, and then, a, you know, an amp controller and a volume pedal. And they're like, huh. And I'm like, <laughs> now the other, one of the lead players, I got him, I got him tasting the goodness of the gear world. And so he's like, every week, it's like, hey, what'd you get there? Oh, you got a volume pedal? No, cool. You see, you needed that. And it's like, so he, it's funny to watch him as he's like, hey, I need this pedal. Do you got something like that? And I was like, no, but you should check this out. And I'm like, ha. I get somebody else buying gear all the time, and then I can live my life of buying gear through them. It'll be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the the our one of the lead players and trying to buy a, a electric guitar all summer long, and he just bought a GNL like the import one, but it's like the T T. Uh, it's like the kind of like it's like the thin line Tele style hollow body orange, and it's gorgeous. But it's been like forever of him looking at guitars and me sending him pictures of guitars that I found for sale, and him sending me ones. So when he finally bought one, I was like. Okay, first off, I'm glad you bought it. Let's start looking for your next one, and I want to play it. <laughs> yes. But yeah. But yeah it was just the next fun. one. Yeah, the was next like, one. Like, There's was, always one more. I was, I was like, you still want a 335 style, right? Yeah, okay, let's look. <laughs> like, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's find the next one. Enabler. You're an enabler. I am, I am an enabler. I know. Though. The one week, oh, it was there was a song with Swells, and it was before he had a volume pedal. And they were like, we were listening to it before, and his wife was is one of the backup singers, and he's like, Becky, I need I need a volume pedal like mine, and I'm like, I'll hook you up with one, just like, <laughs> like here, just just take mine. <laughs> but yeah, it's a very nice. much an enabler, but it's it's what it is. I mean, it's and that's the like, kind of the the fun and the worst part about having guitar friends that are like near you, not just on the internet, because the internet ones enable like nobody's business. Like you can't be in a guitar group and not want to and not gas every day for whatever someone else is getting, and you're like, hmm. I should get that. <laughs> but. Yeah, or you know, you know, anytime someone goes to say like the, uh, um, 
I'm really tempted by this. Should I do it? Oh. They're not really looking for you to say no. They're no. looking for you to be like, heck yeah, buy that up, son. Like, yeah, and they, do it. You know what they're looking for? They're looking for excuses to be like, hey, see, someone says this is really good. <laughs> so yep. I can use that. I can, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I always, should I get this? And I'm always like, I mean, I'm like, I don't use the comments. Yes, yes, yes. I'm like, of course so. Unless it's a, the only one that's not is when it's like some terrible used guitar. They're like, is this worth $60? And everyone's like, yes, it's $60. Like, there should be no question there, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will. Uh, if you're listening and you want to check out the podcast and you're not already, which you should be, um, there'll be links to the podcast, Instagram, and I'll put the Facebook group on there too. You want to join in on the conversation? It's a lot of fun. Um, kind of a deeper dive into what's going on with the podcast, and also a way to kind of discuss different gear stuff. Um, it will be. I will say, if you're not into gear podcast and you start with the Tone Mob. Be ready to listen to podcasts all day because you're going to want to listen to all of them then. That's what I always told people. Like, <laughs> when you get into one, or, you're like, oh, I got to listen to this one. And this one talks about this one. And this one talks about this one. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a dark, dark hole. It is. But we're about to, uh, we're about to drop episode 100. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were. Is it, I know you were saying you were having technical issues today. Was it, was, is it episode 100 that's supposed to drop, like, right meow? Yes. Okay. So that's yep. the... So as soon as those get sorted out, it's a stupid... I record remote as well, and the company I've been using, uh, they sent me the files, and they were way out of sync with each other, so oh. it, w- it was two guys talking at the same time. Oh, see, I'm not so. even that fancy. I'm just sending it through, uh, I use a Behringer, like, USB, a little mini mixer, or it has USB out, and just run it to Audacity and just record as it comes. Whoop. Well, <laughs> I would do that, except the the reason I, I started... I, People probably don't care about this, but oh, the, I started baseball. recording <laughs> um, the podcast, and I needed a way to do it through the phone. Oh, this okay. Was, this was the only way to do it that I knew everyone was going to have access to, and it would sound okay most of the okay. time. I haven't, I haven't. I, the only I experimented. I was going to experiment with doing that this summer, like when I go to races, do interviews again. We're inside baseball, people. So yeah, check the links if you're if you're if you're checking out now. Um, but uh, I use so I got a Zoom recorder to do racetrack interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I bought it at the beginning of the season, took it to a bunch of races, never used it once. <laughs> like we just would, once races would go, most of the time I just tell the like I would tell a racer like, "Hey, I'll give you a call this week and we'll do the interview." Okay, like nobody wanted to, no one really wants to talk right then at the race. So I realized like I probably don't like dang it. Like I, we used it for some other things, and we're gonna probably use it more things for next year. But yeah, it was like a total like I'm gonna use this to do remote. Like I can record on the fly and then enter it later. And no, that. Never used it. No, no, I I understand though. But yeah, so that's why I did record to the phone, which would make more sense. I mean, instead of I could probably do it more. Is that for like when you go like to people's house and so you can just you know put your phone? No, down? No, no, it's mostly for like. Well, I mean, we were talking about the job. This is really. I don't know if anybody cares about any that's of this, awesome. but uh, I care. And so that's to- all that matters. At the time, <laughs> I I I recorded. Man, I recorded a good forty percent of the podcasts. Uh, at work okay because i the the nature of that job was that my last job was kind of weird whereas you were either doing nothing or you were doing everything (laughs) okay so there was not really a whole lot of uh, in between Mm -hmm. you know there was not much there was not much just steady state you know get the job done it was run around like a maniac or stand around for four hours Ah. And so I needed a way to be able to record remote, so I mm-hmm. found this app that worked pretty well for the most part. Okay. I got some complaints about it, 
But you know, I, that's how most of the podcast was done initially. Oh, okay. Was was at work through the phone, and and it wasn't until recently that I've been, you know, well, the, this year that I've been recording in the shred shed, you know, with a decent mic and and all that stuff. So it actually sounded pretty good. Uh, I, you know, for the for what, especially considering where I was recording and what I was using. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow, that seems like a long time ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but it also shows you, too, like, you don't have to have, especially with podcasts, if you're interested in starting a podcast, which, heck, I tell everybody, it's fun to start one. Um, but uh, it's not always fun to run one, but it's fun to start one. No, but uh, it's it doesn't <laughs> take that true. much. Like, That's a very true statement. <laughs> like, there was a, if everyone remembers the month of October, by the month of October, I mean, like, the no podcast that came out for a month, because I just, like, it was a bunch of stuff going on. And I was, like, every week, like, oh, I didn't put an episode out this week. Oh, no, I didn't put an episode <laughs> Like, oh, dang it. But, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, but it, you don't need to have a lot of money. I think I got, like, we probably set up when Alex and I bought all the stuff, we probably spent, like, 250 bucks, and that included the mixer and our $30 Amazon mics. And mm-hmm. it was, like, you know, and a decent computer, or, you know, okay-ish computer. I run it on my junk laptop half the time. But, yeah, it's it's really easy. Just have something that people want to listen to and try it out. But, yeah, um, Blake, uh, as we're going to wrap things up before we – Go well. End up going for three hours. Um, thanks again for coming on and hanging out. It was kind of a spur of the moment, uh, kind of a thing. Um, if you're wanting, interested, check the links. Um, episode 100 should be out of the Tone Mob, so that'll be that'll be exciting. I know you were talking about um, you you'd hinted around a little bit about what you were doing for that. Uh, it's changed. Okay, okay. Um, it's changed a little bit, but that's okay. You that's know, uh, I was gonna try to get um, Andy Williams from every time i die okay and we're still we're still gonna do it mm-hmm. but but we both had some stuff come up and then he went out on a short tour ah. so the timing didn't end up working for that but that is still going to happen sweet so that's that'll so, be fun because again be that's a band i've been listening to for ever no fanboy no fanboy no fan- <laughs> you can see it now I, I, i'm not as like i i love their music but i'm not as quite you know it's not yeah. like one of those things where uh, that really got me through some tough times you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know it's the way it is with the other one with that band it's just like man they're my pump they're my pump me up music yeah and it's like i got I got a set of squat record today i'm gonna turn on some every time i die and get going yeah know, type of thing cool cool so we will there'll be links in that again blake for thanks for coming on we'll be in touch we'll uh we'll see as you said there's some stuff coming out around the nam time if you don't know what nam is you don't watch YouTube guitar stuff because that's where everything happens. <laughs> uh, it's a big, basically, it's like every guitar player in the world trying to play at the same time, and and all the all the merchandisers are trying to sell stuff at the same time. It's a fun deal. Uh, it's every January, right? January. Yep. Yep. It's every January down in LA, and it, it looks like it's one of those. As a guitar player, it's kind of like our mecca because it's like every every like company. Except for last year, some companies, um, every, well, most companies <laughs> that you would want to see or check their stuff out all in one area that you can check their stuff out. So a lot of cool stuff comes out. A lot of pedal companies, a lot of gear companies release stuff around NAM, And it sounds like you have some stuff in the works for around then too. So we will be on track of that. We'll probably share some links to that when that all comes out over on, the, uh, on our Facebook page as stuff happens. But, yeah, Blake, thanks for coming on again. It's been a lot of fun. Check the links in the description. I've been Bibster. Ginger still is getting lunch, apparently. Bye!